Couldn't be happier to be working in the Bitcoin space with other Bitcoiners. It's, it's truly something special. If there's a will, there's a way, right? So for anyone that's out there listening to this that wants to get into Bitcoin, but is currently working a fiat job that you probably don't like as much as your ideal Bitcoin job, just know that there's many people that have walked that path. And it really does come down to the value for value, right? Like you've got to find... You got to make connections and then try to add value to those individuals that you connect with and then just let the the serendipity kind of take its course, right? Um, Bitcoiners tend to be very receptive um, to people that are honestly you know, putting skin in the game, trying to add value, working hard, all those things. So yeah, I think you're a good example of that, Eric, and uh, it's it's cool to see you come this far and start your own thing now. Hey everybody, welcome to the What Is Money Show. I am thrilled to have you here joining me on my mission to help shine light on the corruption of money. Now, if this is your first time listening to the What Is Money Show, I strongly recommend that you go back to episodes one through nine first, which lays a lot of the groundwork for many of the concepts that we explore on the show. These first nine episodes are my series with Michael Saylor and thousands of people have told me that this is the best podcast series they've ever heard hands down, and that it was instrumental to their understanding of money and Bitcoin. So if you're looking to start uh, a deep dive into the nature of money, I don't think there's any place better that you can start other than episode one of this show. Now, a little bit about this show and how it makes money. The What Is Money show is 100% sponsor-based, so all of our revenues are derived from direct sponsorships. And I strive to be very selective about the sponsors that I work with, specifically only using sponsors that I use personally, and also choosing sponsors that have values which are well aligned to the values expressed on this show, such as freedom, education, self-sovereignty, etc. So what I'm going to do now is a few ad reads right at the top of the show, and then I'll do a few more ad reads in the middle. And I hope you'll take the time to listen to them, as again, these are hand-selected sponsors, and I think you'll like what they have to offer. Today's podcast is brought to you by N. Wolf's Clothing. Wolf is the first startup accelerator dedicated exclusively to the Bitcoin Lightning Network. Four times per year, Wolf brings teams from around the world to New York City to work with like-minded entrepreneurs, pushing the boundaries of what's possible with Bitcoin and Lightning. The program is designed to help early-stage companies achieve product market fit, develop their brand, secure early-stage funding, and grow businesses that help fuel the global adoption of Bitcoin. So go to wolfnyc.com to learn more about the program or apply. Again, that's WolfNYC, W-O-L-F-N-Y-C.com. Eric Podwoski and Andy Thompson, welcome to the What Is Money Show. Thanks, Thanks for having us, Rob. Great to have you guys here. Uh, just by way of quick introduction, you are two of the three founders of the Bitcoin Talent Co., which is, I think, the first recruiting firm dedicated exclusively to Bitcoin. Um, congratulations. Sounds like something important for the Bitcoin space. Thank you. Um, what, let's just get started with your guys' individual journeys into Bitcoin, personally and then professionally. Um, it, I know the lines get really blurred when you work in Bitcoin, kind of like Bitcoin becomes your life, 
life's work or people turn their businesses into orange pilling machines like it seems like it, it gets really consuming so uh maybe we could start with you andy how did you journey into bitcoin and then how did you find your way into founding the first bitcoin recruiting firm Sure. So yeah, the, the personal and professional side, they do intertwine you know, at, at some point as they do for all of us. But you know, starting professionally, I'll say this. I mean, my my entire career has been spent in recruiting. So that that is my background. That's my expertise. Um, been working here in, in Silicon Valley for 12 plus years now working in tech companies. So I was actually a, an early employee at Uber way back when, goodness, almost 10 years ago, back when it was actually a startup, very different than the company we know today. So working with that team to scale, yeah, you know, one of the the highest, like fastest growth environments of any tech company ever. It was an incredible experience. Um, also worked in agencies and then ultimately culminated to me starting my own recruiting firm back in 2020, um, January of 2020. Hell of a time to start a business, two months before uh, you know, everything went to shit. But yeah, started that business and and at that time it was still very focused in the traditional tech landscape. So my clients at the time were you know, your uh, insert name of Series A, Series B venture-backed company across a pretty wide array of industries. Um, I'll pivot to the professional, sorry, to the personal side, because that's actually where the the intertwining starts happening. But for me, my personal journey to Bitcoin, I was curious uh, years and years ago now, I, I remember I first bought Bitcoin perhaps back in 2017, like a hundred bucks on Coinbase type thing. But I unfortunately didn't dive in yet. Yeah, I can't really call myself class of 2017, right? Yeah, I put a hundred bucks there, kind of left it, went back to my day job, didn't really think about it again. Flash forward to March 2020, that was really the bomb for me. And I think, again, probably the same for a lot of people listening, right? Where, what the fuck just happened? Like learning so much about, I mean, just, yeah, the rabbit hole that we all go down, like learning about economics. Why Why are things cratering? What's actually happening across the globe? How is this all intertwined? So just that that journey, I mean, it was it, it really was a bomb that went off. So that was, what, two months after I had started my business, right? And so for the next like three years or so, these journeys of, you know, me as a business owner, like growing this this business, and then me personally diving deeper, deeper down the the rabbit hole, kept running in parallel, ultimately to the point where I couldn't have that be the case anymore. Right? Again, I think everyone has the story where you just can't have those two lives: your Bitcoin obsession and your fiat job, your you know regular life, right? Kind of running in parallel. Mm-hmm. And so it seems so obvious now, but there was a period of a couple months probably where I just kept thinking, man, how can I, how can I work in Bitcoin? How can I, how can I support Bitcoin? How can I? You know, not have to like divide this life in that way. And and the light bulb just went off. It's like, well, I've been building a business that probably can prove relevant to the space, right? Thinking of mm-hmm. repositioning, repurposing all the infrastructure, all the experience there to now support Bitcoin only companies. And so that that kind of seed was getting planted towards the end of 2022. Um, thought that as as I was going to intend to launch this new like Bitcoin focused recruiting firm, I wanted to take all the learnings from my previous you know, business I've been running and do it in the right way. And what that meant to me was actually having a strong team in place beyond just myself. So I, I knew I brought the recruiting expertise, but I really wanted experience operating in the Bitcoin landscape. And so I reached out to the two co-founders. So I reached out to Eric here, reached out to Michael Tanguma, who's our third co-founder. And to these guys' credit, yeah, I reached out as a recruiter does, I cold reached out on LinkedIn. It's like, hey, I have this idea. Like, what do you guys think? Is this something that would be needed in the space? Both of them immediately, yeah, yes, this is great. Let's let's keep chat. And so very quickly from probably December 2022, uh, over the holidays into the new year, we put the foundation in place where it would become Bitcoin Talent Co. We officially or unofficially launched, I should say, like right at the new year. And then we had our public launch uh, a couple months later, which I think it's been probably six six weeks or so now since our public launch. And yeah, goodness, it's come together so quickly. We're off and running. We're supporting clients. We filled roles, right? We're doing, we're doing the work we set out to do, but we know it's still early days. So uh, the excitement to, to finally like mesh those two worlds, the fiat life, you know, my traditional experience with my Bitcoin obsession. I mean, it's just, it's been the best thing ever. Yeah. The best decision ever by far. 
That's really cool. Uh, just out of curiosity, when you were going into the Bitcoin rabbit hole, uh, was there a particular answer to that question, what is money or, or perspective on money that gave you that, that helped give you the light bulb, let's say? Was there something in particular that resonated with you? Yeah, there's a couple things actually. I, I should say this. I mean, going back to my like my schooling, I mean, I, I was an economics major in college, never used it, never went to accounting or anything like that. But I had this like small foundation where I thought I knew what economics meant, right? Very cursory, mm-hmm. you know, kind of university degree there, right? Um, I was graduating right around 2008, 2009, right? So I, I saw that, maybe not with the lens as a career professional or even an adult, so to speak, right? So I kind of knew it was happening, but not enough. And then when it all started happening again in 2020, it was like there were it, there were like things that, res- that resembled what had happened in 2008, 2009, but now I had the lens of like having a family, having a job, having a career, right? And so it was a really different perspective now. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things I can I can point to, like you know why you know why were certain investments that I'd made over the years looking differently now? Why were uh, why were companies going through layoffs, right? I mean, my my industry, my field, tech, and especially recruiters, heaven forbid. I mean, they're the first to go at these companies. Like, why are these negative things happening when I know that companies are so well capitalized? So it's like, what is money? How is money used, right? And and how is it misused, more importantly? It's misused almost by default because of like what money has become over the past several decades. So so yeah, I mean, this is a whole the conversation we can have, right? But starting to to really, and I think to this day, I'm still, you know, solidifying my decision of, or my definition of what is money. But there was a big veil lifted type moment in March 2020 for me, for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, that, that sounds like similar experience for a lot of people, just the the shock and wake up call that happened. Um, Eric, what about you? What's your your pathway into Bitcoin personally and professionally? Yeah, sure thing. So I've been working full-time in the Bitcoin space coming up on three years now or so. But to take it back, uh, I was back, I'd say like 2012 or so. I was in high school actually. And one of my buddies was trying to buy marijuana on the dark web. And he showed me, you know, this Bitcoin thing, you know, you have to buy it with dollars and that's what you can use to to buy drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we didn't do that, but that was my first touch. And then 2017, uh, as the market began to rise again, I was in college um, and there was a blockchain club, actually, at Penn State University. So I started attending the, the meetups there a couple times a month, just getting a feel for what is this, I guess, cryptocurrency space overall. And honestly, I just wanted to get rich. Like, I just don't want to make money right. here. Like, why not buy them now and 20X or whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I quickly learned that's not the case. So I dabbled in the altcoin trading, if you will, got wrecked. And then that kind of opened my mind to, okay, why is Bitcoin different than all the rest of these, the thousand plus other tokens, coins? So that really started the my journey down the rabbit hole. And then I remember probably like late 2019 or so, I had this instinct. I, for some reason, I wanted to like learn how to start a bank. I, was, mm-hmm. I just looked out into the economy and I was like, wow, all these rich dudes are all bankers. Why can't I start a bank? Mm-hmm. And so I started researching how to do that, found out all the barriers that were in place to do so. And I was like, that seems like a lot, a lot of work. And that led me down to asking the same question. What is money? How is it created? Why do these people get to decide who can start a bank? Who cannot? Who can print the money? Who can't? Uh, yeah, so that was the, the impetus, I guess, for my Bitcoin journey. And then, as you know, March 2020 comes, uh, market tanks, and that really opened the floodgates to me wanting to devote 
my entire career and all my time into learning what this thing is and how I can help it just grow and uh, achieve the, the global standard for what is what we know is money. Mm. So, um, and one more point I wanted to make too. <clears throat> um, during January 2020, I actually had uh, emergency surgery due to Crohn's disease. So I was out of work for, I was working as a civil engineer uh, and I was out of work for like six months or so. And that gave me some time along with pandemic just to take a pause and take, I guess, take a, uh, an overview look at like my life, what I want to do with my life. And from there, that's, that's what led, I guess, me going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole even more. So at that time, uh, shortly after I quit my engineering job and I started a Bitcoin education company called Bitcoin EDU. And the whole goal with that, I think was just really to solidify my understanding of Bitcoin by teaching it. So, cause if you could teach it, that means you understand it. So I was helping others, the friends, family, and just random people on the internet really understand Bitcoin. And then from that, um, parlayed that into a job at Bitcoin Magazine and the Bitcoin Conference. So I was working at an account manager, completely transitioned my my function, my role. So I was trained as an engineer. Now I'm working as an account manager on the business side of things. Um, and just, yeah, networking in the Bitcoin space. And <clears throat> from there... I'm putting out content online about Bitcoin, and that's when Andy reached out to me, cold, and he said, I have this idea for a Bitcoin-focused recruiting company, and obviously I said, yeah, let's do this. So that, I think that catches us up to now, and couldn't be happier to be working in the Bitcoin space with other Bitcoiners. It's, it's truly something special. Yeah, that's really cool. Shout out, Eric. Sorry, real quick, I wanted to shout out, Eric. Um, yeah, you talk about this a lot online, just you're encouraging people to to be active, to be present, to you know establish some kind of like, you don't have to build a 10,000 Twitter following, but just put put stuff out there, right? And, and this is a testament to that. Like Eric, I thought did a great job. I mean, he's one of the people that I, I was kind of following yourself included, Robert. Like people you're just reading, like, yeah, how, how, where can I go to learn more? And that was Eric in many ways. So yeah, just, he, he was out there, he was present and I reached out to him because of it and look where we are now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to compliment him on the same thing that it, if there's a will, there's a way, right? So for anyone that's out there listening to this that wants to get into Bitcoin but is currently working a fiat job that you probably don't like as much as your ideal Bitcoin job, just know that there's many people that have walked that path. And it really does come down to the value for value, right? Like you've got to find, you got to make connections and then try to add value to those individuals that you connect with and then just let the the serendipity kind of take its course, right? Um, Bitcoiners tend to be very receptive um, to people that are honestly you know, putting skin in the game, trying to add value, working hard, all those things. So, yeah, I think you're a good example of that, Eric. And uh, it's it's cool to see you come this far and start your own thing now. So, yeah, what? Well, so again, you guys are basically the first recruiting firm dedicated to Bitcoin. Um, and so, the, I mean, I guess this is the mission or vision is sort of related to helping Bitcoin companies scale by finding the right people. Um, what is the state of the industry today? Like, uh, and and where do you draw the lines? Because obviously, there's you know the Bitcoin industry. Like, I don't know exactly which companies are in that and and excluded from that. Um, what where where is the industry today, and and how how do you circumscribe it? Sure. I think I'll take it here. Uh, think back, I'd say five years ago or so, there was no line. I think every company in the space was more of a crypto company 
mm-hmm. just trying to take advantage of the the money being poured into the space. Mm-hmm. And I think around the 2017, 2018 time, you saw a line being drawn where there were start there were Bitcoin companies, Bitcoin only companies starting to come out. Uh and I know Bitcoin magazine was one of them. They put out their blog post in like 2018 or so declaring that. Mm-hmm. Um and it's I think it's been proven very beneficial for companies that that say we're only working on Bitcoin because that kind of uh that, that gets rid of all the noise and and shows we're focusing on one thing that's gonna actually revolutionize our our money as we know it today. So that was five years ago or so. Um, and you see more and more companies coming out as Bitcoin only and just making product services around Bitcoin. And now I'd say the state of the industry, I don't have an exact number. I have an ongoing list of about like 800 or so companies that are primarily Bitcoin focused. So most of these companies are Bitcoin only, but I would, I would also say that, you know, they might make additional products like uh, touching on Ethereum or any other altcoin. But still, their their primary focus is Bitcoin. So I would consider them a Bitcoin company. So to me, any company that is making a product service, doing anything to accelerate the adoption of Bitcoin, not hinder it, um, is a Bitcoin company. And we are looking to help them hire. Because I guess our overall mission is if you if we bring in the best talent around the world to develop Bitcoin products and services, that's only going to speed up adoption worldwide. Mm-hmm. So the degree to which we can help do that is that the faster hyper-Bitcoinization is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talk about it a lot internally, like what, where do we draw the line? You know, to use your words, right? What, what, what would be a relevant client? What would not be? I mean, the truth is there, there are enough Bitcoin only companies today to, to have a good business right now. Obviously we want to do more and, and continue to expand upon that. So where we think of like, yes, there's, there's the, the rivers, the swans, there's Bitcoin exclusive hardware products. And those are obvious. We all know those right now, if you're, in a world where like Bitcoin is the focus, you dabble in other coins, perhaps, yeah, you know, to Eric's point, like maybe you're not our, our primary, you know, client, but if you come to us, it's more like how you position your needs. If you come to us saying like genuinely want to hire someone to develop, you know, something on the lightning network for our, our product that touches other things. Yeah, you know, that's fair. If you come to us, that same company with, you know, uh, multiple environments, they come to us and say, hey, we need Solidity developers. Thanks, but no thanks. You know, it's just, uh, just we'll be honest with you. That's not what we do, right? So we're not, we're not furthering other, you know, development on other chains or other spaces, right? We are hiring mm-hmm. Bitcoin only talent for Bitcoin only companies or for other companies that hire Bitcoin talent, if that makes sense. And this becomes more relevant, I think, down the road where I think many of us think this, right? There's, there's this idea that like Bitcoin itself, it becomes so ubiquitous where it's not just like a Bitcoin only company, like every company has to integrate Bitcoin in some way, right? And so whether it's a traditional finance company or even a, you know, like an old, you know, tech company, right, who is now finally understanding what's what and seeing the light, when they want to hire Bitcoin talent, we'll support them. We certainly will, right? Mm-hmm. But right now, in this early stage, I mean, all the clients on our roster will say, right, they're Bitcoin-only companies and it'll probably be that way for some time. Right. What of the placements and clients you're working with, is there a certain, maybe like a percentage breakdown? Is it like 50% engineering, 20% accounting? Like what what is... What are you seeing right now in terms of what jobs are being posted and, yeah. and placed? I, I do love this question because it's it's helpful for the market broadly to understand what's happening. So again, state of the industry. This is this touches on that as well. Um, ballpark here, probably 50-50, I'd say, between tech and non-tech. So we'll simplify right. it in that way. But but why that's really exciting is because in past cycles, it was probably nearly 100% tech. And, and not that that's a bad thing, but at this early stage, in the infancy of the industry and of these companies, like... Yeah, engineering is king. I think we can say that, and that, that's not a bad thing. 
But what we're seeing now is companies that were founded in past cycles are now reaching certain levels of maturity where they need a more robust team across you know, finance, accounting, sales, marketing, uh, everything that's that's outside mm-hmm. of engineering. Um, and so, but yeah, we're even in the in the stage right now where hiring overall is not as as high as it was in years past for all industries, not just Bitcoin, right? We're still seeing diversity across roles, which is great. And so, yeah, I'd say 50-50 between tech and non-tech at this point. We're also seeing a good diversity in terms of leveling of roles. So again, these companies that are maybe maturing at this point are hiring legitimate seasoned execs. We're also still seeing obviously a ton of entry-level opportunities. So yeah, the, the point to make is that if you're at home thinking like, how do I get in space? I'm not an engineer. I don't know, you know, Bitcoin Core or Lightning Development Kit, like anything like that. Like, that's okay. What do you do? What experience do you come with? Let's mm. yeah, figure out how we can match that to what's available in the space today. Yeah. One thing I want to add real quickly to in the state of the industry is the last few years, we've seen a, a rise of Bitcoin only VC companies, yeah, which is great. So now pair that with the last few years, Bitcoin companies have been investing heavily, engineering, R&D, building out their products. They're ready to go to market and they have access to capital now through these Bitcoin or VCs to pair that with, yeah, it's just the perfect storm right now to really launch this industry into the mainstream. And I think that's what's happening in real time right now. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point. So, I mean, obviously Bitcoin only VCs coming online, funding these startups, these startups then need to go higher. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they tend to carry the same ethos as the funders, right? So they're looking yep. for Bitcoin, uh, I guess, orange pilled candidates, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, okay, in terms of like, differentiating Bitcoin recruitment from something like a Bitcoinerjobs.com, which I think is more like just a job board. What, how, what is the differentiation between those two uh, business models? I think it's, it's a pretty clear differentiation, but I'd say that both are important, right? And, and yeah, tip of the cap to Bitcoiner jobs. They've been around for several years. They've been, you know, someone I've looked to in the space. We've all looked to in the space is like, the place to go if you're curious of who's hiring in Bitcoin, right? That's great. That's that's absolutely required. It's needed. It'll continue to be needed. But in that it's just a job board, it, it does it's not even half the battle, I would say. And maybe this is my my chip on my shoulder, my lens, like as a recruiter, my trade for you know a decade plus, the the conversion rate of like candidate sources, if you will, inbound is always much lower compared to referrals, first and foremost, which obviously drive a lot of hiring in the in the industry. And then second, it's the you know, active sourcing of passive candidates, outbound sourcing, right? So going to market, finding someone who, you know, on paper or on LinkedIn or on Twitter, right, seems to be the great fit and then pitching them about the work that they may not have heard about yet. So that that's like, that's the value we bring. That's the, what a recruiting team or a recruiting agency does is going to market to find the right talent for you. And so, yeah, we're really tackling the same problem, I'd say from, from two different angles, right? Posting jobs, having visibility, it's great for the signal, right? But then now us like really doing the the heavier lifting of like going to market to finding candidates that's that's just going to augment the pipeline it's going to bring the right kind of talent that are tailored to your role based on like our whole intake process to understand your needs right mm. um and so i think that's that's the the general difference between the two very cool are you applying any i know you have a background in recruiting so are you applying any of the methodologies or frameworks that you use in traditional recruiting into this and it, it if so, like, is it different at all in what you're doing in Bitcoin or is it trying to take those same tried and true methods and just apply it to a Bitcoin focused space? Yeah. I mean, man, truth is process wise, like, yeah, it's, it's the same. Yeah. And I yeah. think there's now these are processes or you know, things you learn over, over, you know, a decade plus over a career, right. You know, mm-hmm. how to run a process, how to make sure it's a, 
equitable interview process that can efficiently you know parse out what you're trying to find you know, how are you being mindful of like metrics around time and process and quality of candidates quality of process like there's a lot of things we get thrown around like really you know granular recruiter metrics and, and processes right um but the the special part is like you know focusing on an industry uh, in which you're passionate and then obviously like a space that you know as we've said hasn't really had this kind of support recently right. so yeah i mean not giving away our, our secret sauce here, but like we're not reinventing the wheel. You're recruiting as a profession has existed for for decades, and recruiting firms have been successful businesses for decades, right? Um, sometimes the most successful ones are industry specific or even like discipline specific. For us, you know, taking taking that kind of like nugget, it's it's yeah, yeah, we're we're certainly um, able to offer a high level of value by being Bitcoin focused only. The process, the tools, you know, the, the everything we bring to the table, like to actually get the job done, is similar to what you'd see in other environments, but we just have this like. Bitcoin lens. Us as individuals, mm -hmm. obviously, like you know, what we're trying to build. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, the Gold Investment Letter. The Gold Investment Letter helps sophisticated investors navigate capital markets and maximize their profits in trading gold, silver, and mining stocks. The Gold Investment Letter seeks out the most undervalued companies and identifies special situations in the mining sector and then provides in-depth analysis on both their financial positions and future prospects. The Gold Investment Letter explores many complex domains, such as investor psychology, portfolio management, and macroeconomic trends, all with the goal of making you a better investor. The Gold Investment Letter offers a free version and a paid premium version, and I strongly recommend you at least sign up for the free version, because after having read a few of these issues, I can promise you it is a treasure trove of good information. You can sign up for the free newsletter today at goldinvestmentletter.com. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, CrowdHealth. CrowdHealth is a Bitcoin-enabled alternative to legacy health insurance. Now let's face it, legacy health insurance is an absolute scam. Nobody can explain this better than the legendary comedian, Chris Rock. Insurance. You got to have some insurance. You got to. There's an insurance. They shouldn't even call it insurance. They should just call it in case shit. <laughs> Man, I give a company some money in case shit happens. Now, if shit don't happen, shouldn't I get my money back? <laughs> so with CrowdHealth, instead of just paying premiums that you'll never see again, you can hold part of this pool of savings in dollars and in Bitcoin through CrowdHealth. And when you have a health event, you can draw against this pool of communal savings. So go to joincrowdhealth.com slash breedlove to learn more or sign up. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Wasabi Wallet. With Wasabi Wallet, you can receive, send, and store Bitcoin privately. In Wasabi Wallet, your transaction history and wallet balance are completely hidden. Wasabi Wallet is easy to use. All of its privacy features are built in by default, and it works with any amount of Bitcoin. Wasabi users can make CoinJoin transactions together with BTC Pay server users or Trezor Suite users. For BTC Pay server users, they can make payments directly inside of a CoinJoin. And for Trezor Suite users, you can make CoinJoins directly on a hardware wallet. These features result in the fee savings and security improvements for both sets of users. So go to wasabiwallet.io today to download the state-of-the-art Bitcoin privacy wallet. Um, yeah, so we mentioned earlier, like, kind of post-block size wars 2017, there was this 
you know, prior to that, every company was kind of a crypto company. And then post that, we started to see Bitcoin-only companies, Bitcoin-only VCs, Bitcoin-only mm. recruiting firms. So there was this distinct separation, I think, between Bitcoin and crypto. How, where do you see that distinction going into the future? Is this something that's going to continue to diverge wider and wider? Uh, it, you know, will there eventually be crypto-focused recruiting companies versus Bitcoin-focused recruiting companies? Like, how do you guys anticipate that going? Well, it's already hard. Yeah, there there already are. There's quite a few actually. The recruiting firms focus in more of the broader crypto space. But the way I think about it is it's more high time preference thinking. Sure, these recruiting firms, they can go and hire an engineer, let's say for a three hundred thousand dollar role, they collect a big fee off of that. They can place those all day right now. But over the long term, I think those are gonna fizzle out. And the more low time preference thinking is thinking about working like focusing your energy on Bitcoin. So Bitcoin jobs right now might not pay the most, um, but as the Bitcoin price accelerates, I think needs for hiring will only increase. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I mean, that that space has been more saturated for quite some time now. There, there are several Tarek's Point recruiting firms and they're before us, yeah, focused on that side. So that's why I always say when people ask us, you guys are the first? Yeah, we're the first. And it blows my mind that, that we're drawing the line, the first to draw the line in the sand saying Bitcoin only, right? Mm -hmm. Because of how much support the the other side of the fence has. But again, maybe it's just testament to how early we are. I mean, we think it's so obvious that we should be focusing on this, but that's not the case, you know, generally speaking across the industry right now, which yeah. which again, is surprising. Um, and so what I see happening too, to, to piggyback up Eric's point, it's like, there'll be some sort of like circling back, coming back to the fold, like some of the companies, like other chains will just die, right? They'll just go away altogether. Mm -hmm. All the funding they've raised will just evaporate. You know, it's whatever. VCs will learn their lesson, right? But there'll be some companies, hopefully, who have been in that space and then they do want to kind of pivot to come back to Bitcoin, right? So it's not like we're just cut in half, this earthquake has happened and we'll never merge again, right? There will be some companies and, and individuals as well, like people who are engineers in Ethereum companies or uh, yeah, marketers at NFT marketplaces, whatever, like those folks will also eventually, some of them will see the light, want to come back. And I would say we would welcome them with open arms. Like you've already shown a, uh, yeah, a willingness to jump into a new technology and try it. You chose the wrong one, we could argue, right? right? But if you're yeah, yeah, seeing the light, you're accepting Bitcoin now as your savior, right? And you come back to the to this side of the fence, like that's that's great. Yeah, we want that talent too. Uh, so just like, sorry, go ahead. One more point I want to make about it is, I know, Robert, you're not the biggest fan of governments, uh, but the government's actually helping us in, a, in the Bitcoin industry in a way right now. The recent crackdown of the SEC, um, basically labeling every other cryptocurrency as a security and making a distinction between Bitcoin as a commodity. I think if we play that out over the next decade or so, yeah, you're going to see way less funding into the crypto space. So less funding means less companies being built in crypto overall. And a lot of the the talent is going to be more focused in Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, definitely not. Although I am making the distinction now, which we always use these terms as if they are interchangeable, the government and the state, but they're really yeah. not the same thing. Government is, you know, governance, rules, contracts, this whole nexus of agreements. Mm. But the state is that institution that's, institutionalizing plunder, right? They're actually aggressing against private property or aggressively enforcing legislation by fiat. So there's definitely, I'm trying to be better about that. Really yeah. focus the the vitriol at the state, not government per se, because government is something that's necessary for 
So, so would you put the SEC in like more government bucket then? No, I think they're more state because a lot of it's legislation by fiat, right? They pass these very arbitrary rules and then they force them on companies. Um, you know, the big argument is consumer protection. Maybe there's some need for that at some level, but the way I look at it is if it's not, you know, it's it's life, liberty, and property. So if there's not mm. an active deception or an active theft occurring, the, the realm of government the scope of government should not even be involved. Government exists to preserve life, liberty, property, nothing else. Um, a lot of these laws that the state passes, they're not, you know, the, the, we, we're built on the English common law tradition, which is like we see disputes happening over long periods of time. We see how different groups resolve them. And then we sort of codify that into law. It's like a legal discovery process. It's not like there's one guy that comes up and like writes a law and that's the thing. It's mm. this has been going on for hundreds of years. Here's how we resolved it. And now we're codifying that into law slowly over time. That's natural. Well, that's English common law, something closer to natural law. But legislation by fiat is there's a guy in office and he says, you know, I'm a rabbit. <laughs> uh, $250,000 FDIC insurance limit, you know, yeah. just these arbitrary things that can be it's essentially Gary Gensler. Yeah, exactly. They'll come into being with one guy in office and then the next guy will repeal it and put some other arbitrary law. It makes things very confusing and very subject to human error and corruption and all these things. So I think all of that just needs to go. Um, but uh, to the to your point, though, I guess it is, and this is sort of like a benefit of crypto for Bitcoin is that it provides this kind of smoke screen. Like a lot of the regulatory energies are devoted to squashing these crypto scams rather than trying to to squash Bitcoin or, or, yep. or disadvantage Bitcoin somehow. So um, it's definitely kind of an I ironic, weird thing. Like these crypto copies that are trying to emulate or outcompete or disrupt Bitcoin or take market share from Bitcoin end up providing some cover for it from a regulatory standpoint. Um, this is reality. We're, we're living in a time when the state is still very powerful. Mm -hmm. And so if, I mean, if we're, if we have to adhere to their rules, then all right, we'll take it and let them squash crypto and pave a path for Bitcoin. Yeah. There's a counter argument that to that though, that some Bitcoiners hold, and that is the state would actively would have an incentive to actively promote and defend something like an Ethereum or some other large network. They could pretend like, oh, Ethereum is the next Bitcoin and they could pump a lot of money into it and build some regulatory moat around it, mm. trying to get people to switch, right? And then they, you can capture and co-opt Ethereum, right? That's a network that's not actually censorship resistant, not immutable. Mm. So there's another argument there that, that there's a potential threat to Bitcoin. But at the end of the day, I th you know, I think it's individual actors that determine what succeeds or fails in, in the broadest scope of things. And then, so the network that best serves individual interests will, will win. And that is obviously Bitcoin. Um, there's a very cautious optimism. I think, I think we all have, right? Many of us in the space, yeah. right? And, and, and to use your example, I mean, yeah, it's everything you said about Ethereum is absolutely correct. Right. But, but I don't know if that's what we're seeing, right? There is some sense of like, uh, negative things happening to Ethereum right now as it relates to like classification of security, et cetera, right? So if 
if what you we, we've just said that is true about that being able to be you know co-opted and like controlled and then maybe even just turned into the cbdc like if that's not happening right now, or at least not happening so obviously, does does that give us even more optimism or, or hope? I mean, me, every optimist, I maybe think so. But you know, at the end of the day, you're right too, where it's like, we just got to keep doing what we're doing, you know, on on the ground floor, right? To, to keep using this, to keep driving circular economies, to keep building companies, to keep like having more venture capital come in. That's Bitcoin only. Like all these little things eventually right. pile up where it's like, we've, re- we've reached a certain sense of size or some inflection point where like it is hard to, to kind of have this go away altogether. Mm. Yeah, the um, the old quote comes to mind. It's like, if you want to change things, you can't focus your energy on destroying the old. You have to focus it on building the new. And so the extent to which people just focus on Bitcoin, that seems to be just the win-win, right? Because other people also emulate your strategy. Uh, you Bitcoin has like a moral and ethical high ground. You know, there's it's because it's decentralized, it's a level playing field. No one stands to benefit at the expense of anyone else. So um, for all those kind of that confluence of reasons, I think Bitcoin just naturally yeah. wins as it has been. I've got a, an interesting you know, analogy for you there too, like using the idea of just block out the noise, just focus on what's important. Through our lens, what we see as being the biggest benefit of Bitcoin only VCs or just capital, financial capital coming into the space with the right incentives to again support the industry and just the one industry. It's the fact that we we will start to break away somewhat from these, you know, on average four-year price cycles, right? Like Bitcoin goes up, everyone wants to work in the space, companies are spending money, they're hiring, Bitcoin goes down, they lay everyone off. Like we've seen it up and down now. Mm-hmm. Uh when a company raises a, let's say a $50 million Series B, right? Like they in the same way. Don't really care about the the noise in this case the macroeconomic cycles or even the bitcoin like price cycles they have 50 million in the bank they know what they need to build their heads down building that they're hiring the teams to do that and this will start to happen you know again and again and again over time where like every company is kind of in their own individual cycle now and so there will you know i think this next bull run at least from a hiring standpoint will never cease right well we'll see some price activity of course we will that's just that's kind of you know by mm-hmm. default what we'll see with with bitcoin the way it's you know the way it's you know created right um, but hiring, I think, will start in this next bull run, and it and it won't slow down for a long time, which is exciting to think about. Yeah, that hopefully that is the case that these Bitcoin early stage companies they start to adapt to the price cycle, right? Not getting overly optimistic in bull runs or pessimistic in bear runs. Um, yeah, you would expect to see that happen. Although, um, yeah, still seeing layoffs in bear markets and. Speaking of bear markets, that was actually my next question is what, obviously we're still in one. Um, I think a bear market persists until we break the prior all-time high, which was what, $69,000 maybe a year and a half ago at this point, something like that, Um, as we're at like a $30,000 Bitcoin price today. So we've got, you know, a little more than, you know, barely halfway there, let's say, not even quite halfway there. From a price perspective, what are the difficulties of building a new recruiting firm in a Bitcoin bear market? Uh, I assume that, again, if we're in a bear market, hiring is probably less uh, rampant than it would be in a bull market. So how are you guys dealing with with the challenges of the bear market? Yeah, the cliche is, you know, best time to build is in a bear market. Like I, people said over and over again, it's, yeah, it, it's quite... <laughs> quite uh, redundant now, but there's some truth to it. There really is. And, and what I'll say is 
Yes, to address it right away. I mean, obviously, hiring is less now than it was at 69,000. It's less now than it will be, I think, in six months, right? Um, but what we can do right now, there, there is a, there's an opportunity, I think, we have to obviously support the clients who are already hiring, right? There's, there's active work going on, and that's great. You know, so we're laying that foundation. We're building some of that success. We're building some of that you know, social proof, if you will. Um, but we're also having uh, the time to proactively start the right conversations on both sides of this marketplace, right? So talking to the right kinds of companies who we're already getting a sense of what they're going to need. We're, we're already kind of even leaning in a little bit to like, you know, help understand how, like what kinds of roles, how to classify them. So there's like work we can do without like running a search yet. So that when the check comes in, they raise around or the, right? Like they pick up the phone or they're already, it's the, the, the pitch, the sell has already happened, right? It's just when they mm -hmm. need to use us. So again, having those types of conversations. Similarly on the candidate side, I mean, yeah, there are, we're so blown away by like the the inbound of of interest from like really talented folks who are you know this is not your average inbound just a job seeker I need a job because I lost my job etc. It's like people who are you know really successful in their other careers doing whatever they're doing but they they want to move into Bitcoin only they're not going to move unless it's to a Bitcoin company so these kinds of folks we're actually able to have a lot of conversations with proactively again right now to learn a bit more about them you know share share you know, their story kind of understand like really. What are the best uh, opportunities to keep in mind for them? So that, again, that matchmaking process down the line when the right roles become available is that much faster. Um, and so, yeah, taking advantage of that. You know, we have a lot of that, that flexibility. The last thing I'll say, Eric can touch on this too, is just, you know, even, even our own business model. Yes, we are a recruiting firm. The core services, you know, filling roles for clients and, you know, the fee-based kind of revenue structure there. But to the extent we can continue to build additional products and services on top of that that support the core, the core you know, business model, those are things we're also doing right now, whether it's an internship program or, you know, uh, more of this educational content. So again, Eric, Eric can talk a lot about that, but there's some really exciting stuff, you know, foundational type work we can do to support the core service. Yeah. One, one challenge came to mind is the, I guess the Bitcoin brand. So during the all time highs, last bull market, I think everyone was generally interested in Bitcoin. We see the price running up. So if you think in terms of outreach, uh, if I'm as a recruiter, if I'm trying to get in touch with someone. Let's just say I'm trying to get in touch with a, an Apple exec to come work in the Bitcoin space. If I reach out to them and say, want to work in Bitcoin uh, when the price is ripping, I, there's probably a higher chance of them responding to me compared to now where we're kind of in the bear market. That same message may not resonate with them. And just, I guess, sourcing overall, reaching out to people kind of outside the industry is a little tougher because Bitcoin is not as much in the mainstream news as it was a year or two ago. Or, yeah, that's a good point. You mentioned the educational content. Are you guys actually putting out some educational stuff too? Like how I assume that would just it, it kind of the general orange pilling strategy, which is good for um, cultivating new candidates. What are you guys doing? Like podcast written material? Like what what approach yeah. are you doing there? Yeah, I could touch on that. So I guess what we're doing with Bitcoin Talent Cal, we have a podcast every week. I'm interviewing someone working in the Bitcoin industry, uh, explaining what their process was like getting into Bitcoin, uh, their job search process, what was the interview like, um, and then what's it like with navigating within a Bitcoin company compared to working in the fiat world, if you will. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Um, we're putting out a newsletter called Proof of Industry. So that's just taking a snapshot of the industry. What's going on? What are the new company launches, product updates? Um, yeah, wh who's working in Bitcoin? And then on the personal side of things as well, I'm putting a lot of content on my, my personal social media profiles, just sharing tips and advice for how people can break into the industry. So I think a lot of people right now are, they would love to work in Bitcoin 
and they're submitting their resumes along with a stack of a thousand other resumes for one mm-hmm. job and they're not getting a callback. So how do you get a callback? You got to go, you got to go beyond just submitting your resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just putting out advice, like how, how can you get your foot in the door with Bitcoin companies? And one more thing comes to mind actually that Andy touched upon. Uh, yeah, we are building out additional, I guess, products around our core recruiting service that will help bring in more talent to the industry. So uh, one thing I'm actually working on right now is a summer event, uh, summer internship program. And that's essentially gaining access to all the bright minds in, in universities and that are maybe a little bit curious about Bitcoin. So one, convincing them that Bitcoin is something that they should highly consider de- uh, dedicating their career to, getting them up to speed on it, uh, having them understand there's a difference between crypto and Bitcoin and what that looks like in the future. And then as well, yeah, just providing opportunities. So partnering with Bitcoin companies um, to, to match students with uh, jobs in space that hopefully lead to full-time opportunities. So uh, in my mind, the internship program's really special because you're kind of orange pilling a whole co- cohort now mm-hmm. of just say 18 to 22 year old something like that about Bitcoin. And they're gonna go and tell their friends about it too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Got to, got to get them while they're young, as they say. Yeah, um, and I think the younger generation too—they're more digitally, yeah, innate. they understand it. Yeah, uh, it's more intuitive compared to older generations that take some more time. Yeah, I've had an intuition for a while. There was going to come a point where Bitcoin is just so abundantly obvious to younger generations, right? Once it's been around, like especially for say a kid that's grown up where Bitcoin's always been a thing, right? It's always existed. Um, and hopefully, you know, the content all of us Bitcoiners produce coupled with the the failings and pain inflicted by the fiat currency complex, like eventually kids are just going to be like, this is so obvious that it won't even be a debate by, you know, I don't know what age, maybe when these kids are college age, probably 18 to 25, that there wouldn't even be like, no one would believe in fiat currency. It'd be so abundantly obvious, having grown up with the two alternatives, which one is superior. Um, I don't know how long that will take, right? Bitcoin's only 14 years old, so maybe it's like now plus 20 years or 15 years. I'm not really sure, but it seems to me highly probable that that, that day will come. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's not going to accelerate that. Uh, I'm trying my best. Yeah, 100%. yeah same, same. And the topic itself is is actually something I think about often. It's pretty near and dear to me now, just given the fact I have a, I have a young son, right? And, and the whole lens of like, okay, what does that world look like for him, right? And, and how do I teach him what money is early on mm-hmm. in a way that perhaps it, by no fault of my parents, right? But just understanding lessons, you know, knowledge I didn't have until much later, until I found it the hard way, right? Mm-hmm. And so to the extent that that this next generation, if you will, of Bitcoiners, you know, kind of has this instilled and and have the right kind of yeah, you know, lessons early on, um, then, then yeah, it's obvious. Like they grew up with it because they saw it in their house. They saw it being used. They heard their parents talking about it. You know, and, and that, I think that's very exciting for the future too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Um, back to the educational topic, Andy, I think you wrote a blog post titled Why Bitcoin? Uh, yeah, so- What's that all so, about? Yeah, it was- um, Kind of more just my immediate, you know, wh- why did I even decide to, to do this? There, there's a bit of a why Bitcoin theme broadly underneath, like why I decided to start a Bitcoin recruiting focused firm, right? Mm. Um, but um, it, well, we can like 
separates us into the education piece. There's a lot of things we continue to do above and beyond some of the stuff that Eric shared, where it's like, yeah, opening the talent pool, yeah, helping to orange pill folks who are like the right, you know, the right fit discipline wise, but maybe not like culturally Bitcoiners yet, or they don't understand it yet. So that's you know a separate thing we continue to build out. But some of that that I touched on in my in my blog post, I mean, there's this general notion that again, I think this is widely held. We all feel this way, right? But Bitcoin itself will slowly but surely absorb the wealth from all other asset classes. And so my kind of like uh, my hypothesis is that, of course, it will attract the top talent from other industries too, right? Uh, now, yeah, we could argue that neither things are guaranteed, right? Bitcoin itself, the success of Bitcoin is not guaranteed. There's a lot of work we have to continue to do. And so in the same way, like just expecting people by default to see Bitcoin as, as like the right place to be in is also not a given. But by starting a company like this and by putting out some of the educational content, you know, we we will we will get to that point where people see Bitcoin as the thing they need to be working on, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the big thing that comes into this too, and again, maybe part of the the value proposition for us as a firm, it's like as these Bitcoin-only companies in the future start to grow and start to have more recognition and start building these systems to like engage, attract, and retain the right talent, like then it becomes more of a competitive environment. And that's that's something maybe we're not yet seeing in this space, but I've certainly seen in my former life, just in like the general tech industry, right? Where, you know, Google versus Facebook versus Meta or versus Uber, right? Like how they have to compete for talent. Like that that will be maybe a little sign that we've kind of we've kind of won in some ways too, where all mm-hmm. the best people are already they already in this space. They want to be here. But now the companies themselves have to vie for the right talent. So again, education is the first step to get people into the space. Um and, and I see it just fulfilling like all these hypotheses we have around, you know, uh, the the talent eventually migrating here to the space as well. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, before we move on to uh, one thing I want to touch upon was our onboarding product that we're building out too. So companies that work with us, um, if you're bringing someone out to the industry, that's let's just say they're a super talented marketer, right? They're working in tech. They don't have the Bitcoin education as much. We want to be able to show them the path, uh, how, how Bitcoin works and why it's culturally important. So when you come to a Bitcoin company, we can essentially plug in our system to get them up to speed on Bitcoin in a very quick way. So then they're effective, not only their job, but understanding the market overall too. So yeah, some of our, our initiatives are around onboarding. Uh-huh. We see that being actually much more valuable when it's, um, so let's say da- down the line, we're in another bear run or bull cycle, sorry. Um, and companies are hiring. They're not sacrificing the requirement per se of like everyone coming in needs to be a Bitcoiner. But again, they're just hiring at such a volume where they're, they're just, you know, like 20 engineers at a time are joining or, you know, full marketing teams being built out. Like just to be sure and to be safe, there's still some kind of like onboarding as a company would do just for their own like company policies, but onboarding just to make sure like, yes, we, we all really do in fact have the same foundation of, of understanding of like a Bitcoin 101 or like how our company plays into the overall right. ecosystem, right? Um, and so that's, yeah, that's something super important. Also relevant for like, let's say the the use case we mentioned of like the larger companies who are traditional companies, but eventually understand why they need to have a Bitcoin strategy or hire Bitcoin talent, right? Um, there could be a world where some of those teams also just need to like reskill existing talent at those companies, uh-huh. right? And so orange pilling existing employees in your organization, that is definitely something we foresee happening at the larger organizations. And so to the extent we can provide that value to maybe we're not hiring net new roles for them but we're still like helping to educate their existing workforce on what bitcoin is and, and how to understand it yeah we want to we want to be there to provide that service too that's cool um now i'd like to tell you about our sponsor bitcoin conference 2023 this three-day event will be held may 18th through 20th in miami beach 
this is going to be the biggest event of the year, as it always is. And the past two years in Miami have simply been amazing. Uh, day one's industry day. Days two and three are going to be open to general admission. And I'd say this is a great place to go and network with Bitcoiners or even look for a job. Uh, just a really all-around great experience. There's a fantastic speaker lineup, including Michael Saylor, Zoltan Pozar, Lynn Alden, Alex Gladstein, many others. And last year, we did a 10 million sats giveaway for this event, and we're going to do it again this year. So to get discounted tickets and enter for a chance to win 10 million sats, go to b.tc slash conference and use code BREEDLOVE. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Casa. Casa makes it simple to buy and secure your Bitcoin without wondering whether you're doing it right. Specifically, Casa provides a multi-key custody solution, which is by far the most secure way to custody your Bitcoin. Now, when I talk about Bitcoin being theft-proof money or inviolable private property, a multi-key custody model is exactly what I am talking about. Using multiple keys lets you maintain full control of your Bitcoin while also giving you redundancy in case you lose one of the keys. It's also the best way to secure your Bitcoin for inheritance planning purposes. So go to keys.casa, that's C-A-S-A, today to sign up and use discount code BREEDLOVE. Okay, back back on the educational stuff. And this one is kind of personal to me because, uh, mm-hmm. Eric, you posted this thread about how you got into Bitcoin, <laughs> which yeah. I was obviously a part of. Um, yeah. I think that it's a Twitter thread. I think it did pretty well. Um, and it's a good case study for, I guess, what you, what we're talking about here, right? Is that if, yeah. if you are someone living in a fiat job, but you're a Bitcoiner at heart and you're trying to find your way in, I mean, where there's a will, there's a way. And Eric, your, your story sort of proves that. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that for those who aren't familiar with it? Sure thing. Yeah. So I think as, as I mentioned in the beginning, um, I was working as a civil engineer post-university and honestly, I just hated it. Um, the work was okay. I think the people I was working with, they just seemed kind of more like NPCs in a way. I hate mm-hmm. to say that. Even though they're smart engineers, they just like wanted to show up, get the work done, and just like talk about football, whatever, and just go home. Mm-hmm. Office setting was gray. Uh, there was actually a, a rule in my office that you weren't allowed to get up and talk to someone else, like a coworker, about non-work related stuff for like more than five minutes. They were just like, you can't do that. I was like, well, that's how you absolutely destroy a culture. Yeah. Me looking at, I mean, I'm, I'm in my 20s. I'm like, do I have to do this for the next 50 years, whatever it is in my life, mm-hmm. where I retire? This seems like hell, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that drove me to just wanting to work in Bitcoin, something I'm very passionate about. How can I marry um, uh, my professional life with something I'm very passionate about in mm-hmm. Bitcoin? So what I did is I cold DM'd Robert when I think he probably had like 20, 30,000 followers at the time on Twitter. Very, mm-hmm. very small compared to what you have now. Um, and I just said, I think the exact quote was like, hey, can I work for you for free? I don't really care what I'm doing. doesn't matter. <laughs> and you suggested, yeah, sure. Just join my uh, my Telegram group. Uh, uh, maybe help uh, contribute to discussions there. Maybe help with editing a book I'm working on, whatever it may be. But I jumped in there. Uh, started networking with people in the group, networked with people on Twitter. Um, and then shortly after, I think the, the Bitcoin Congress in Miami was coming up. Um, and this is in early one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so we proposed this idea. I proposed it to you and I was like, why don't we do this in-person kind of meetup as a satellite event at the conference? 
because there's a ton of people that would love to talk about a little more of the philosophical side of Bitcoin in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's way better than over text over the internet. So that we got to work. I mean, I think we put on a very successful event that first year, and that parlayed into a second event the year after, Bitcoin 2022, where I helped you um, put together that event with Jordan Peterson. Uh-huh. So yeah, I think the story really is, if you want to break into the Bitcoin space, try to provide value in any way that you can and network. And that's exactly what I did. And now here I am uh, on your podcast. So it's just, that's the, uh, the lesson there. Yeah, that's a great, it really is that simple. I mean, not that it's easy, Obviously, there's a lot of work required, but I think my, my assessment, at least of the Bitcoin culture, is that it is value for value, right? People, a lot of honesty, like even brutal honesty, a lot of hardworking, a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of reverence for value. So it's like, you know, if you just just seek to add value, not even like looking out for your own, what you're going to take necessarily... And it just kind of comes back to you. Like the culture will will recognize and respect and reciprocate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, I mean, again, I I really think it's that simple. I don't, not that it's easy. Again, it's hard. You got to do the, pay the dues and do the work and all that. But I really think the Bitcoin community in general is, uh, is receptive in that way. So true. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, okay. Shifting back to the, the, the recruiting firm. You mentioned, so more and more, I guess let me ask this first. So are we moving into a world where, because I think of Bitcoin as something like the internet, like we often analogize it to the internet, right? The internet of money, et cetera, et cetera. Most companies today are, they are internet companies in one way or another. Like even if you have nothing to do with the internet, you're definitely using the internet as integral to your operations, distribution, communications, et cetera. Um, are we moving into a world that's similar for Bitcoin where all companies just become Bitcoin companies in a way, even if they're not anywhere near Bitcoin per se, do you guys, I think just think about that. Yeah, I think hundred percent. We, we kind of touched on this earlier, but yeah, you're right. The, the internet company or like companies who eventually had to have an internet strategy in the nineties, like that would silly mm-hmm. more recently. It was probably more like the, the software is eating the world type type mm-hmm. mantra, right? I mean, that, that's definitely true. Like every company is maybe to some degree a software company at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, of course, uh, and, and it it has to be that way for us to get to where we want to go. I think in some ways, right? Like Bitcoin will not succeed if it's if it is still to the side of like some existing system or framework. If it's always outside this, if it's not fully integrated and and, and becoming a, a standard of sorts, whether it's the financial standard or even technological standard of how things work, the centralization of social media or media in general, right? There's all kinds of things where Bitcoin, aside from like the financial asset and the the price of it obviously like mm. needs to be interwoven into the world. And, and so, yeah, you know, it doesn't mean that every company, I mean, you can break this down in a couple of ways. Like, yeah, maybe every company needs to accept Bitcoin if they're like an e-commerce company, maybe any media company needs to, you know, integrate, uh, yeah, or, or social media companies to integrate like the decentralization things that are being worked on, like Nostra or DIDs, things like that, right? So every industry has its piece it can pick from Bitcoin, if that makes sense. Mm. And I see that happening. I certainly see that happening. I hope mm. it happens, right? Mm. And then, so when you, if if we're going that direction, uh, again, your clients are going to be Bitcoin companies. So eventually, that's 
all companies or most companies, something like that. I would imagine the 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 battle for talent is going to get pretty pretty heated. When when you have clients coming to you saying they want, I don't know, like a new we we need accountants and engineers, et cetera, et cetera, and the talent pool is just tapped. Is there some like are you is or is the process of orange pilling new candidates part of that? Like if you, if say there's no more accountants really in your talent pool, but there's plenty of accountants in the non orange pilled talent pool. Are you guys then trying to orange pill some of these non orange pilled accountants and pull them into the Bitcoin ecosystem? Like what does that process look like? For sure. I mean, I'll, again, the education piece is something Eric's working a lot on that I'll have him touch on. But before that, it's um, if I think a bit. This is all hypothesis at this point, right? If we think about that end state where like Bitcoin's so ubiquitous, every company's a Bitcoin company, right? In that world, everybody's a Bitcoiner. Maybe we have our own journey into Bitcoin at that place. We have our own kind of uh, level of of uh, like how fervent for Bitcoin we are, right? I mean, that that'll exist. Like everyone uses the internet today, but there's some people who, you know, don't necessarily need to get the newest iPhone, or some people who are yeah you know, always on social media. Some people aren't. So like even though it exists and everyone uses it and knows it. There is a variance among the population of like how in depth you are with that, and I think that would be the same with Bitcoin. You could argue too, right? So it's like, yeah, everyone will know that Bitcoin is, is money. Everyone will know that I'm now on this social platform because it's better than Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that way, like, it becomes less about like orange pilling than hiring. It's just hiring the best people out there because they already have some base level understanding. I think of Bitcoin. That's a huge hypothesis, right? This maybe takes mm-hmm. a decade, two decades to play out before before this kind of scenario we're talking about. Is ultimately happening, um, but I think some of that orange pilling will will happen for us over time by default because Bitcoin itself is so ubiquitous, right? I think we're already seeing that too. Some companies we're working with, they get over 500 applications for one job, yeah, and they don't want to hire any of those applicants. So then we have to go into the market and either find someone that's already educated on Bitcoin and, or like you said, uh, educate them on it. So that's yeah, it's it's something that we're actively working on. Uh, we don't have, uh, I'm gonna say, a foolproof plan and and way to do it. We're actively building it out. Yeah, but we're hoping over the next five, ten years, as Bitcoin becomes more mainstream, that the 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 candidates themselves will have some more background knowledge um, as time plays out. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, just speaking as I put my employer hat on in the Bitcoin universe, like I have. It's probably my number one preference for new hires is that they are Bitcoiners. I was like, yeah, if I can tick that box. It's like, well, they're already aligned on values and culture and mission, which is like the most important thing you could ever have in a company, yeah. right? It's that's everything almost. But then you also get all these intangibles, like Bitcoiners in general just seem to be. First of all, they're all really smart in their own different domains. I don't know what it is about Bitcoiners. I guess because it's hard to understand. It just attracts smart people. Mm. And there's like the whole, you know, the ethos of proof of work being part of Bitcoin. Like Bitcoiners seem to be very hardworking. Uh, mm. you know, low time preference, hardworking, building for the future. Uh, a lot of them are family focused. Uh, a lot of them have, it seems to be people are adopting more like healthy lifestyles, whether this is, you know, physical movement, improving your diet, et cetera. So there's this general tilt towards constant, continuous self-improvement, which is yeah. something I just like vibe with personally. So like, I love, especially if you want people like that working with you, like, 
what better person could you ask for? It's like someone that's always trying to improve themselves. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Like it, if other employers are of the same, like a similar mind as me about this, I, I think they're just going to be at a premium. Like Bitcoin talent's just going to be at a premium. People sure. that are hard Bitcoiners are just, uh-huh. again, just checking that one box brings all these benefits to you as an employer. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It, and we could already like, fine, though. our value proposition is clear now and in the current state. Right. But I think it becomes even stronger in an increased competitive environment. Right. Like now, now I need external support to help me land the right talent, like before another company gets them. Right. So it's, yeah, that only benefits us, I think, in the long run, too. Mm. I think any, any Bitcoiner that's obviously knowledgeable, understands Bitcoin, shares those values, seems that shares that same mission to replace the money with something more sound, pair that with their, talent to execute in a role man you have you're gonna really hiring those type of people are really gonna put your company above way above and beyond any other competitor yeah yeah i, I agree completely um what okay so bitcoin you know whatever this idea this network this um you know monetary system whatever you want to call it very important but there's this other piece we don't talk about a lot, which is just like the meat space Bitcoin network, which is us, mm-hmm. right? Like we we constitute Bitcoin just as employers, as business owners, entrepreneurs, holders, advocates, educators, you know, all these different hats you wear mm-hmm. working for Bitcoin effectively. Although you're also working for yourself and whatever you know, the scope of your role or your company is, but there's also this larger, um, shared goal mission, I guess. Yeah. It's like the shared, which is the beautiful thing about Bitcoin. It's like even, even companies that are competitive in Bitcoin, right? Like two companies that are both trying to sell Bitcoin, you know, they're competing for market share. They're still aligned on the Bitcoin mission. So there's this very powerful cohesion, I guess, among the entire community. What, how important are, because my experience, uh, my question is how important are live events to building this meat space Bitcoin network? Yep. But, and the, the condition I want to add, not condition, but just the qualification, I guess, is my experience has been, you know, Bitcoin Twitter is one thing, very combative and like argumentative. And, you know, mm. you see the adversarial thinking side of Bitcoiners uh, just heavily emphasized. But then when you go to these Bitcoin live events, it just seems like an absolute love fest. Like it's not like it that is. at all. It's just people yeah. like vibing and like having a good time and, you know, expressing gratitude and talking about big ideas, just stimulating conversations all around. And there's none of that kind of animosity you might interpret if you were just a spectator on Bitcoin Twitter. Yeah. Um, and for me, it feels like like that is the, one of the things that not only gives me more conviction in Bitcoin, like when you see that many smart, hardworking, talented people that tightly bonded over one idea. Um, it, it's just like, how do you beat that group? It's like, yeah. so how important is it to get people into these live events, these meet spaces to to benefit from that um, cohesion, I think, that we get in, in Bitcoin live events? Right, yeah. I think Bitcoin is inherently a digital phenomenon. 
And I think a lot of the conversations that happen nowadays, just considering where technology is, it happens online. And I think a lot of conversation and, and emotion gets missed because you're not able to portray not only the message you're trying to get across, but there's also other things like your body language, you know, that can, that can show if someone's trying to be malicious towards you or they're trying to help you. Mm-hmm. So I think humans are social animals. That's obvious. We, I mean, since as far as we date back, we've always traveled in packs together, um, built communities. And it's the same thing with, with the Bitcoin community too. Um, so if, if you're someone that hasn't attended a, a meetup or a conference, anything in meat space, I highly recommend it because you'll realize that the the feeling about Bitcoin, maybe on something on like a social uh, media platform like Bitcoin Twitter, the feeling about Bitcoin is much different in in-person events. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that we can really build out some more ideas, um, work on building companies together, I think that is it's it's ten times more effective if it's in person, and you get that that social aspect, that the feeling that we're all kind of in this together, that mm-hmm. you lose online. Yeah, I mean, I'll just share a very real you know, anecdote. So I, yeah, my my day to day life working from home, working remotely. I live here in the suburbs, like deep out in the East Bay suburbs of of San Francisco, about forty five minutes outside the city. It's a beautiful life. You know, I've got a nice yard, house, my family, right? But I'm not really working with Bitcoiners day in day out, seeing Bitcoiners, I should say, day in, day out, right? It doesn't come up at the coffee shop. It doesn't come up, you know, going out to catch up with a regular friend. Like most of my friends are still not yet, you know, the majority of them are not yet Bitcoiners, right? Uh, I went to Austin for the Bitcoin takeover uh, just a couple of weeks, I guess, last month, right? Um, About a month ago, yeah. Yeah. And my God, I mean, what an incredible time. It was also the first time that Eric, Michael, myself all met in person. So that alone was just an incredible, you know, kind of kind of finally meeting after a couple of months of working together, right? Um, going to my first beef steak, going to bid devs. I mean, then of course the programming for that that, you know, event in particular was incredible. I mean, that's, I know it's not your average week in Austin, but nonetheless, like seeing that many people in person, that many people I've interacted with online, having conversations that I didn't expect to have with new folks, right? I mean, this is just the, the energy, I'm still feeling it, still feeling, you know, that, you know, all these weeks later, you know, here in my, back in my normal peaceful yeah. setting, right? So it's an absolutely like integral part of your own educational journey, right? It's it's something that should be a consistent piece. How consistent, obviously that's dependent on you and just your 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 personal life, your commitments, things like that. If you can go to your, however small your local meetup is once a week, once a month, that's great. If you can make it to these larger events, Bitcoin Miami, any of the events in Austin, absolutely try to, you know, reach out to people. And then, you know, to echo what we said earlier, like if you go to this event alone and, and shy, perhaps, right? Bitcoiners are are such that they will welcome you with open arms, right? If you mm-hmm. open a conversation with someone, just just you know, spark something up. Talk about your why you're here, you know. It's not going to go wrong, right? So I yeah, I mean I could just go out on I'm I'm like glowing now just thinking about how fun Austin was, right? <laughs> uh, but it's absolutely necessary. So you gotta get gotta get there in person. You gotta make these connections and you gotta spark new connections that who knows where they could lead, right? A new job, a new business, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, that's well said. You you sparked something in my mind too. The other thing I really liked is I've always been impatient with small talk, you know. So you go yeah, to different senior. networking events or whatever, and it's always like, whatever, you're just saying the the perfunctory bullshit you always say to people that you just met. But with Bitcoiners, it's like there's none of it because you meet, you know, they're like, well, are you into Bitcoin? Yes. Oh, me too. And then you're just like, it's like that scene in uh, Step Brothers where they're like, did we just become best friends? You know, <laughs> yep. <laughs> just immediately vibing. 
You want to go do Bitcoin in the garage? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't, oh, I mean, I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, I, I mean, I get so charged up, like for Bitcoin Miami that's coming up, like mm -hmm. the, it's, I call it a love fest. I don't know what else to call it. It's like people are hugging and vibing and having a good time and eating steak and laughing and talking about big ideas. And I'm just like, yeah. yes, more of that, please. So. And I'd say for anyone listening that's, I guess, looking to break an industry, wants to get out of their fiat job and work in Bitcoin, in-person events are the best places to network. Just go mm -hmm. shake some hands um, and discuss why you're passionate about Bitcoin. Let that show. And you'll have so much of a better odd odds of landing at least an interview in the space and uh, getting connected with someone building something cool. Uh, yeah, it's the opportunities are endless. And if you want to spend all your time on Twitter, that's great, but you're not going to have as many opportunities come to you, come your way. Bingo. Well, Eric, Andy, man, this has been fun. Um, I'm glad you guys have started the Bitcoin Talent Co. I, I wish you all the best. Um, I'm sure I'll be seeing you guys in Miami. Yeah, definitely. I'll be there. So awesome. if anyone listening is going to be there, come say hi. Awesome. Where can people find you guys on the internet? Yep, BitcoinTalent.co. That's the easiest place. All the information you need is there. There's an opportunity to, to sign up, you know, to express interest to get a job. If you're a company looking to hire, you can contact us there too. So a little bit more information there for for both sides of the marketplace. Um, and then on Twitter, you know, at Bitcoin Talent Co. Uh, is our, our handle. Um, Eric, honestly, Eric is much more active than myself on Twitter. I need to change that. But um, you can find our personal profiles there. I'm at the Andy T T E E. Um, and Eric. Yeah, mine's at EPOD Rules, E P O D R U L Z. I should probably change that soon, but uh, that's what it is right now. So hit me Just up. Stalk with us, man. Come <laughs> with my DMs. Yeah, stalk. Awesome. We'll link to all that in the show notes. And guys, thank you so much for coming on. This was a blast. Thank yeah, you so much. So much. Great time. Appreciate you.